0: This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Bet now from anywhere. That should be on money instead of e porbis unum or in God we trust, whatever it is, any hoodles. As we celebrate the end of football season and a pretty great Super Bowl. I'd like to rate the top three quarterbacks in football for my weekly top three list. And they are, in order, number one, Patrick Mahomes, number two, Joe Burrow, and number three, Josh Allen. And they are all in the AFC, and for your Pittsburgh Steelers, that's going to be a problem for the next 10 or 12 years. And by the way, Jalen Hurts is right there, too. So you got Kenny Pickett, and he got to catch up. The Steelers got to catch up to Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. It's like Brady, Peyton Manning, and Roethlisberger in that time frame when they dominated, playing in 16 Super Bowls between them, and nobody ever caught up to them. We'll get back to quarterback talk in just a little bit. Right now, it's time to welcome aboard Tim Benz. And Tim, uh, like I said, we'll talk about QBs in a bit, but the burning question, are you Team Juju or Team A.J. Brown?
1: I am team A.J. Brown. You could have asked me that long before the Twitter spat took place and I would have told you that I was team A.J. Brown in terms of a guy and in terms of a player, but for sure after what Juju did, there was just no reason for that, Mark, for him to start up that flame war with Bradbury when Bradbury did nothing but say the refs made the right call. He was a stand-up guy. It just felt like Juju was punching down for no particular reason. Take a swing at a guy who was that gracious in defeat when he probably didn't have to be just sort of speaks to how tone-deaf Juju is and how much he always puts himself over as being over on social media being more important than
0: anything else. Well, I agree that Bradbury handled it with a lot of class and courage, and he could have bitched because that was a close call. And had he complained about the call, a lot of people would have bought into his complaint. So he really did the game and the referees a favor by not making a federal case out of it. Heck, he did the whole league a favor because I think even as it is, we're talking about the referees far too much in the wake of what was a very uh, memorable Super Bowl. But but staying with Juju, he's played the victim so many times. Like, he cried when he fumbled. He apologized when he fumbled. Blew the playoffs with fumbles in 2018 and 19. A.B. Uh called him out for one of those fumbles. Everybody took Juju's side, and now he's a bully. It's so hypocritical.
1: It is, and he should learn from how much better things got for him once he stopped doing that stuff, whether he was playing the bully or whether he was playing the victim. Just not playing anything on social media this year did him a world of good, and I think it's funny how A.J. Brown was so quick to point that out and call him Mr. TikTok or TikTok Boy or whatever it was that he used. TikTok Boy, I love it. Yeah, it just, that's the perfect description of him. And it, it just goes to show that even though he stayed away from it for a year, the stigma of that being his persona resonates in the NFL. And if he had just maybe continued to stay away from it for a few months people would have bought in some more and said okay maybe he's gotten away from that stuff as he hits free agency but now he just thrust that right back onto his resume as he goes out of the open market
0: again well i think it's very obvious that the chiefs coach andy Reid told juju to take a lower profile in kansas city because he did he, he was barely on social media once he became a chief but then when they won the super bowl He went back with a vengeance. He resumed his addiction and, and like we've been discussing, did himself no favors. Uh, Juju can't stand to not be liked him, and now he's gone and done it. He he has made his peers dislike him. His peers think he's a punk. I mean, A.J. Bryant, some other players, even Tyree Kill went after him, but nobody took his side.
1: I didn't see anybody take his side either. I heard Ben Roethlisberger on his podcast you know, throw rose petals at him and congratulate him for winning the Super Bowl, but I didn't hear what he had to say about that part of the equation, and this doesn't have to do with Juju, the football player. Juju, the football player, has always been good, but he's always, always kind of gone down this path over and over again about what's it worth to you to have me if I'm going to be a distraction? And I don't think that that came into the equation as much this year. And he was a well, worthwhile football player. Do you agree player? that
0: Andy Reid said uh no more or at least a lot less?
1: Yeah, I bet he did because he had the ability to do so. While he was here in Pittsburgh, whether he was technically a star or not, especially before George Pickens got here, and we weren't even sure about Deontay Johnson going into that last season before Juju got hurt and broke his collarbone or whatever, we – kind of viewed him as the star receiver, even though his numbers didn't dictate as such. You go on the open market, you only get a one-year deal. The coach who brings yeah, you on board...
0: Yeah, Tim, but Mike Tomlin still could have reeled it in. He just chose not to. And the locker room chose not to. Like when, when you know, Tomlin said no more dancing and Joe Hayden saying let my dog dance, well, that's why Joe Hayden never won nothing. And that's why the Steelers ain't won nothing in a long time.
1: I do think that mentality had a... Big reason why they weren't able to avoid pitfalls in, like, 2016, 2017 when they had good teams and didn't advance to the Super Bowl. Yes, I think by the time Juju was on his way out, they just weren't good enough anymore.
0: Well, guys like Juju acted like there was a bigger picture than winning. And A.B. did that, and Chase Claypool did that. A.B., A.B. Jr., A.B. Jr., Jr. And, you know, whether or not that's why they didn't win, I mean, who really knows, but... For sure, they didn't win, and Tomlin could have stopped. It could have stopped at any time, but chose not to, and I, I just think he's been a weak coach uh, since they lost to Green Bay in his second Super Bowl. I think he's gone steadily downhill, and I think a lot of it's because he plays buddy system with the players. now. And, what- Mark, one other
1: thing I'll add to that, too, is when it comes to these guys, the bigger picture you're talking about, you're talking about those guys thinking that building their brand is important well one thing they should learn that if they prioritize brand building over playing well whatever they've built in terms of a brand doesn't equate to a multi-year contract in the national football league and juju ain't had one of those since his first contract expired claypool might be under the same sort of situation that juju is when he's done going out one year to one year and ab for as much traction as he got for being a much better player he still never made the same amount of money that he would have made if he had stayed on the straight and narrow and signed one more contract in the NFL.
0: Well, like AJ Brown said, and I'm I'm quoting roughly, uh you was almost dot the league till Patrick Mahomes resurrected your career, TikTok boy, and there were no lies told there were there.
1: He's exactly right and I think the only reason why he's hitting the open market with some momentum and some traction is because Patrick Mahomes Was his quarterback? Well, I'll give you two reasons, and the other reason is he was still a number two wide receiver this year, Mark. Even though the number one wide receiver was gone, the real number one wide receiver still to this day in Kansas City isn't Juju; it's Tyreek Hill. He just happens to have the letters. I take that back. It's Travis Kelsey. He just happens to have T E next to his name. That's all.
0: Yeah, I, 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 and I don't think Juju did himself any favors regarding. Uh, future employment either. For one thing, Philadelphia ain't going to want him now. Players ain't going to want him now. I think he's a little bit tougher to sign now.
1: Is he tougher for Kansas City or do they just keep him? And does Andy Reid say, when I said nothing, I meant nothing. After the Super Bowl, that was something. Don't do it again.
0: If I were Andy Reid, I'm thinking, you know, we really don't need this guy. We can get somebody else.
1: I think they can, and I think they can with those draft picks that they got, and that's something Steelers fans have to keep in mind. Uh, this team isn't going anywhere for a while because they managed to stockpile some picks. They got collateral in exchange for Hill. Um, they are not looking to me like a team that's going to fall off anytime soon. And, oh, by the way, Mahomes is only 27.
0: It's amazing that they won a Super Bowl during what was really a rebuilding year, and it really was. You look at the yeah, deals this- they made, they lost Hill. it was a rebuilding year.
1: We talk about this with the Penguins. We've talked about this with the Steelers. You want to know how you rebuild and win at the same time? That's how you rebuild and win at the same time. Look at the Chiefs.
0: Well, right. The, the Penguins didn't trade Tyreek Hill. They kept Evgeny Malkin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about trading Evgeny Malkin, i.e. Tyree Kill in 2018? Or are you talking about that right now? 2018 or 19. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, if they didn't trade him this year, of course, his contract was up. They could have used the cap value for something else and boy wouldn't that look nice right about now although i shouldn't be so hard on malkin they probably aren't even in the position that they're in right now which technically i guess is seventh at this point in the east if it's not for malkin uh the stars have had to be every bit as good as they have been i'll say this about what you talked about yesterday though, mark you're right they could still do more
0: uh, i, I want to get back to my opening monologue uh i talked about the great quarterbacks in the afc am i right about the steelers and Pickett being really up against it in terms of the quarterbacks, they're going to have to go through to get to a Super Bowl. And I feel foolish even saying that because I know it's not possible anytime soon. Yeah, because they got one in their
1: own division. You know, at least when it was Manning and uh, Tom Brady and Philip Rivers along with Ben in the AFC in the mid-2000s to 2010s and a little bit into the next decade – You know, even when it was those guys, you at least had the best guy in your division. Like Flacco was good. He wasn't Ben. Dalton at the time when he was getting the Bengals to the playoffs was good, but he wasn't Ben and the Browns had nobody. So, you know, you start next year and with Watson having a year, a full off season and not worried about a suspension. I mean, for as much as we're talking about Kenny Pickett, if Jackson comes back to the Ravens, do they still have the fourth best quarterback in the league, or in the division, rather? I think they might.
0: Yeah, I I think they might. I think Watson's got to iron things on Cleveland, but he is a talent. I I don't know. What's Jackson going to do if they franchise him, Tim? It'd be a dope to sit up, but Le'Veon Bell said out, and he was a dope. The difference is he's a
1: quarterback, and, you know, the legs were already starting to go on Bell. I guess you could say maybe the legs are starting to go on on Jackson,
0: too, not like in terms of his speed or anything. Let me tell you, too. Jackson's represented by his mother or himself. That's their negotiating combination, correct? Yes. Ain't no voice of reason there. Ain't none. If there's a bad decision to be made, it'll get made. And
1: I also wonder what Jackson thinks if, again, he had a voice of reason in his ear. What's it going to be like to go to a team that then has to rebuild its offense around him and cater to his skill set like the Ravens tried to do.
0: Yeah, but Tim, one thing I've realized about uh, athletes in general and NFL players in particular, they don't care about winning. They just want to get paid as much as possible, regardless of what happens after that. Seriously, if Lamar Jackson could go to it, could get like seventy million a year, you know, twenty more than Rodgers, and no, he would never win a Super Bowl. No, he'd never make the playoffs. He would take that gladly because that's the mentality today.
1: And you know the smart play for the Ravens is to do exactly that. It's to franchise him. Like I tend to agree with your mindset, which has been applied when we've talked before to,
0: to T.J. Watt. Oh, franchise him once, franchise him twice, and if he walks, he walks. He's probably past his prime at that point anyway. Hey, look at what happened with T.J. Watt and injuries after he signed that long-term deal. I got proven absolutely right in that they should have franchised him.
1: Yeah, if it weren't for Twitter ever coming along... <laughs> I think a lot more teams would do that, but people are just so influenced by being made out to be the bad guy if the poor, pitiful player who's making $30 million doesn't get exactly what they want. Uh, if you're the billion-dollar industry or the um, the franchise arm of a billion-dollar industry, you're just never going to win that battle no matter how yeah, much but, the but athletes but, you are you making know, you, out.
0: You're right about that, Tim, but that doesn't mean you don't make – the move that's, that's what best saying. for your business. And right. part of it is is the Steelers' general outlook, too. And time will tell if it's how the Ravens look at the Jackson situation. But you look at some of the deals they've given out, not least the one to T.J. Watt, they don't want any of their players to ever know an unpleasant moment. They they, they don't even want to really negotiate. They, they just kind of let them stand around on the sideline during camp and then give them what they want.
1: And the Steelers have set the standard for that. Their standard is the standard. They're the kings of allowing the hold in and now everybody else is copying it. So there you have it. Who says the Steelers aren't trailblazers anymore, Mark?
0: Well, Tim, and you look at T.J. Watt, when he, remember when he said he took a lower offer to come in?
1: Uh, I remember that's how it was spun. Well, that's, yeah. how, that's
0: what he said. He said he took a lesser offer to get the deal done so he could start playing. That's a blatant lie. And everyone swallowed it, but a blatant lie. Well, the more blatant lie was, you know,
1: constructing, fabricating the image, the storyline that, you know, he went in like Khrushchev and took his cleat and banged it on Rooney's table and said, I want to get this done so I can practice before week one. I mean, do we really think that happened that way?
0: Tim, we are in the era of the Lodmoth meathead in football, as exemplified by Travis Kelsey and the entire Watt family. And, And wait, wait, see what happens if they don't bring Derek Watt back to Pittsburgh. How do you think big brother TJ will react to that? Or is TJ Younger? I forget. Uh,
1: T.J.'s younger. T.J.'s the youngest, actually. Yeah, so it goes J.J., Derek, then T.J. But to your point about Kelsey, I was laughing, too. I thought Hines Ward was the master of nobody gave us a chance. You know, I've heard him say that in games where they were favored. I've heard him say that uh, in years where they were the division favorite. Um, I've heard that say that. I've heard people apply that to him and him echo it. When they were talking about his career, and he was a third round pick out of the SEC and went to Georgia. That's a pretty good chance. But Kelsey, (laughs) I mean, my God, you know, getting up there on national television and bursting in on Patrick Mahomes' interview to do the wwe
0: you know right with his eyes bulging and spittle flying the kansas city chiefs did not get disrespected by anybody they've not been gratuitous underdogs since patrick mahomes became the starter they've been in five straight conference championships three super bowls in those years and won two of them nobody thought that they were gonna get killed nobody disrespected
1: they were a point and a half underdog. If more money and that many people were saying that the Eagles were going to win, they would have moved the line. And they barely moved the line beyond two at any point during the week.
0: Okay, let's say uh, Patrick Mahomes on a 10 scale is a 10. Okay, let's say Burrow and Allen are both nines, 8.5s. What is Pickett's ceiling realistically? And will that get the Steelers to where they want to go competing directly? With Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen? Well, the
1: comp I always make to Pickett in terms of a ceiling is if he's a seven and a half or an eight like Matt Hasselback. You know, like that's the guy that I see Pickett being um, at the peak of his career, which was good enough to get to the playoffs a few times, good enough to get to a Super Bowl, but not good enough to beat a better team in the Super Bowl. Like, could Hasselback have won a Super Bowl with? Uh, the Seahawks a couple years later, the team that Russell Wilson had? Yeah, maybe. Um, could he beat one of those teams that the Seahawks got in the Super Bowl against? Uh, maybe, Boy, I, maybe not. I think
0: you're overestimating Pickett. I, I see him as like seven tops and maybe seven Well, so six I said and a seven,
1: and a, seven and a half, eight. So maybe I'm a little bit. I, I think I've always been a shade higher on Pickett than you have, but not dramatically. And still, to my earlier point, if he's Matt Hasselbeck, <laughs> that if Watson figures it out in Cleveland and Burroughs there in the, AFC North and Cincinnati, then still Pickett's only the third best quarterback in the division. So that, that's if Jackson leaves. Well, and, le- and if and if Baltimore doesn't do anything to get better, too, by the way, which we're completely ruling, ruling out, we're making it sound like the moment that Jackson leaves, they're going to crumble and become the Browns, and I'm not ready to believe that.
0: Now, in that vein, I think the Steelers need to score more points, and I know Art Rooney said they might emphasize defense in the draft, and I get it, that's how they've always thought, defense and ball control, yada, yada. I think they absolutely got to get away from that. And it made me wonder out loud if the Steelers should draft Jordan Addison in the first round at number 17, the ex-pit receiver uh, who finished up at Southern Cal, definitely a first-round pick. I look at closing ground on teams like Kansas City and on quarterbacks like Mahomes, and I wonder, I wonder what the best way to do it is because defense ain't going to stop them. The Eagles' defense didn't stop Mahomes. You need to score more points.
1: I get it, but I, are are you only thinking that Mark because it is Addison and you're doing the chase? Burrell no, no, absolutely,
0: it? I'm not. Absolutely, I'm not. Because um, I, I just what, think What's the kid, kid, you, What's you, you the could, kid's name from TCU?
1: Oh, you're talking about Rager, the kid that that they bypassed that, that got drafted and busted
0: a few years ago. No, is no, 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 you? no. The kid at TCU this year who's projected as a first round wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, but well, maybe get, maybe don't take him there. But no, it's not because <laughs> it's Addison. I don't want to draft a good story. I want the Steelers to score more points. I think that them scoring more points can happen
1: without getting Addison. And I think that them scoring more points is by using their version of Addison, who they have now better, and that's Pickens. Like I think they can get themselves the third receiver at a different point in the draft while still addressing one of their many defensive needs. Well no,
0: Tim, I think that would make Deontay Johnson the third receiver.
1: Well, that's fine by me then, um, and, and it should be fine by Deontay based on his first year not scoring a touchdown after <laughs> signing that big uh, contract. Is, is the guy you're thinking of Quentin Johnson, by the way? Yeah, is that's that who him. It is? That's him. Qu- Johnston, sorry, it was Johnston. Yeah, I think that's
0: EJ's kid.
1: <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think that the lack of use of pickings in the right way, the lack of yards after catch, the lack of ability to get him in space, the lack of using the middle of the field, is the first thing that has to change about that offense, and then getting better in the red zone. I mean, my God, Pat Fryermith is six foot five, two fifty eight, and had two touchdowns, two more than Johnson. That's got to get better.
0: Yeah, and you're right about the way they use Pickens, and who's to say they would use Addison any better when when uh, Hertz threw that ball up and let uh, AJ Brown make a play on that touchdown when he was uh, double covered and just relied on his guy to be better than their guys, the Steelers don't do that nearly enough with Pickens, and that is an organizational thing. They don't want to take risk, but it's a game of risk now. Uh, You know what they're going to keep doing, Tim, is what they did this past year. They're going to beat bad teams and get killed by good teams.
1: I could see that being the case, and I think people are ignoring how— And that's
0: based on their approach, which is outdated as much as anything.
1: Yeah, and people just never want to couch what happened in the second half of the season around the fact that the schedule was so bad and the quarterbacks that they faced were so bad. Um, You know, they lost to, well, we saw it, teams in the AFC East that were all in the playoff bubble just like them four times over, and that's what cost them – their chance at making the playoffs.
0: And they they got got killed by Philadelphia. I mean, killed. And that that ball control axiom got blown up because the Steelers had the ball for what was it, 36 minutes, and still got killed because Philadelphia scored four touchdowns before they ever ran a play in the red zone because that's how football is in today's NFL.
1: Not only that, but they also you know, didn't beat the Ravens when they didn't have Lamar Jackson. You know, they, they were lucky in the sense that that near playoff run came when they had Baltimore twice without Lamar. And let's also kind of factor into the equation where people always say, well, Lamar's always hurt. Okay, well, then T.J. Watt's always hurt. You can't always fall back on that as an excuse. And next season, like that, this is part of the reason why when I say they get better, they might be a better team and still not have that much better of a record. Like They're a nine-win team this year. I'm only going to predict them probably, unless things go in a completely different direction of free agency of the draft. Like I see them as probably being about a 10-win team next season. That's because I think they maximized everything they could out of the second half of this year when they had a disproportionately easy schedule after a two-and-six start. Yeah,
0: I think they'll win nine games again, maybe eight, maybe ten, and I think they'll... Either just miss or just make the playoffs. I don't think. I don't think they're putting themselves in the position to improve by leaps and bounds. They're just going to scratch a little bit at a time, which has always been the organization's philosophy. Tim is to just keep it close, and if you get in, you have a chance. But it's not that kind of league anymore.
1: Correct. And I think the narrative of how why- can they
0: not see that? How can we see that so clearly, and they refuse to? Maybe that's the key phrase: refuse to. I think it's really hard
1: for them to admit that they're in the middle part of the NFL category. I think they. Still I also look at think own- it's hard
0: for Tomlin to admit he doesn't have a clue as to how the game is now. Which even Jerome Bettis kind of said he's well, too defensive. I, yeah.
1: I, I talked about that on your show when I filled in last week. I, I played that soundbite a couple times from Jerome, and what stands out to me, Mark, is that's coming from Jerome. I mean, like he's had a gig on ESPN, he's had a gig. On NBC, and part of the reason and, he doesn't and, have those gigs anymore is that he doesn't advance opinions like
0: that. That's right. He lost jobs because he didn't have strong opinions, but yet he had one about you know his, his old team,
1: and like, it was also framed. If you go back and listen to the way that Coward framed that, he framed it as a Tomlin specific question. And look, I, I get it. I've interviewed Jerome a million times, and to be he fair,
0: can... Tomlin never coached Jerome, so there's there's not any kind of debt perceived or otherwise there.
1: There isn't, but at the same time, you know, like it's not like there's been any divorce between the organization and Bettis. He's always been around even though Tomlin wasn't his coach per se. He's still very much woven into the fabric of the organization. I I, I know that sometimes Jerome does that when you ask him a question, he kind of goes along to get along with the interview. But that was a Tomlin-specific question, and it was easy for him to say, well, I wouldn't phrase it that way, but, or I wouldn't say that he's lost when it comes to offense, but. But Jerome didn't do that. He said 100% and dove in with both feet.
0: Now, a, a couple other Super Bowl questions, uh, you're younger than me, Tim. Not not a ton, but you are younger. Actually, it is a ton. Did you get the halftime show with Rihanna? Because I didn't. I didn't get all the dancers in parkas. I hated the lip syncing. I mean, I understand she's a talent. Those are great songs. But, but the things I'm talking about made it flat for me.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm younger than you to the point that I understood that I was supposed to get it. Maybe you knew that you weren't supposed to, but I was supposed to get it, and I didn't. And I just didn't like it. I was bored. Um, that was one of those, okay, you know, like everybody says, hey, the Super Bowl is there for not just the diehard fan, but for the casual viewer as well. Well, for me, who's a casual viewer of most of the halftime shows, that's where I needed a little spice. That's where I needed, like, you know, Eminem to show up out of nowhere or Jay-Z to show up out of nowhere or, you know, like the other collaborators to come in and move it along. And that didn't happen.
0: Well, you said Eminem, but the the animated Eminems are back, Tim. Maya Rudolph got fired already. <laughs> what a work that was huh as long as I I, I I didn't get a good look at the commercial with the m&ms i think the doppelganger's still there so that's all i'm concerned about
1: yeah i like the bush light ad with the wolf um that that's a wolf you know, like that that's the one uh, the knockoff of this the teary animal commercial when they got a lot of buzz for the actual teary animal commercial that they run in the previous block i thought that was well played and I don't drink a lot of Bush, Mark, but maybe I'll start because I was swayed by that commercial. Um,
0: I liked Walter White and Jesse Pickman and Tuco making his return. Tight, tight, tight. That was just (laughs) tremendous. And uh, I also saw that Jesus had a lot of commercials during the Super Bowl. I would think that money could be better spent on the poor, but hey, everybody needs PR.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of Jesus in the messaging there. Um, I I don't know. A couple of them were pretty dark, too, weren't they?
0: Well, I gotta be honest, Tim. Anytime I realize any commercials about religion, I just stop listening.
1: <laughs> well, God wasn't with me when it came to gambling, Mark. I was forsaken during the Super Bowl. I had a great regular season, really good postseason, and uh man, it just fell apart for
0: me in the Super Bowl. I, I won one bet, on Tim. Silly. I won one bet. I got Gainwell on the over. That was
1: our guy, right? We both had Gainwell. I, I mentioned that to a couple people, like, why are you putting a prop down on that? Because I was like, well, it's going to work. And uh, I was, that was one of the few that I was right on. And then I couched myself. I had a CYA bet on Mahomes to win MVP. and I, Well, I didn't cover my A, but I came at least a little bit closer.
0: Uh, Tim, uh, Darrell Rivas made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The cornerback from Alequippa and Pitt. How about Aliquippa? Three players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Just incredible. Uh, so very deserved. And, and you saw Darrell Rivas play. Uh, I think he's better than Dion and maybe Woodson. The only guy I can't talk myself into thinking he's better than is Mel Blunt because of the physicality involved with the coverage as Mel played the position. But where's Rivas' rank all-time for you? See,
1: I'd have him behind those four guys. I get where you're coming from in Three so far as—
0: well, I thought you. Were, I,
1: I mentioned Blunt too. I was bringing up Blunt as well. Well, no, I said first. Blunt,
0: Dion, and Rod Woodson.
1: Yeah, so I'd have him behind all of them, and then I'd have,
0: yeah, I have him behind all
1: of them. And I think that where you're going with the era, he got to play. He wasn't quite like Blunt, but he was closer to Blunt than those other two, especially Dion. You know, Woodson brought some physicality and could blitz, and then eventually became a safety. Uh, Revis did it in a different era and in a different way. Uh, He didn't have quite the splash and big play, but he was the personification. He's now the guy that you look at in the more modern era, as far as corners go, uh, just to take the look away, have the perception of the coverage always be good enough that you can take one receiver away and then double elsewhere. Like when he went to the Patriots That made that the perfect thing. Like, he would always take the number two receiver and erase him, and that allowed Belichick to combine two guys on the best guy, and that certainly helped the Patriots and route to the Super Bowl that year. I think he's just a different... I think Woodson and Deion did it with more big play, splash play, than what Rivas did, and Blunt did it with more physicality.
0: Uh, getting back to the Steelers real quick, then before we wrap it up, here's what I see happening next year. I, I think they could go nine and eight and make the playoffs. Okay, maybe even ten and seven, and then get killed in the first round again. Like Kansas City killed them in the first round, not this past year, but but the year before. What's it going to take to convince them that they're behind the times? Got killed by Buffalo this year. Got killed by Cincinnati this year. You know, they 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 scored thirty points on Cincinnati at Heinz Field, but still lost 37-30 to because, again, you got to outscore these teams and these quarterbacks. What's it going to take for them to change? Because I think it's going to take a new coach, and maybe not even that. The first thing
1: that popped in my head when you asked that, Mark, was a lack of excuses. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take a year where they don't have the glaring – Obvious excuse like, oh well, Pickett was a rookie.
0: But Tim, oh, they're well. gonna find that excuse even if it really is there or not.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the most dangerous part of it. So long as they can say, well, if TJ, or as soon as Kenny becomes dot dot dot, or you know, um the offensive line needs one more piece, you might be right that they constantly do that to make themselves feel better about where they are, but then they're always gonna be where they are. And that's right in the middle.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's going to change any time. Boy, I gotta tell you, with 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 Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen, I don't think that's gonna change any time for a decade, maybe longer. That's Tim Benz. I am Mark Madden. Thank you for listening to the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. And don't forget, Bet now, from anywhere. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week, available on the Bet Rivers Network. BetRivers.com and wherever you find your podcasts.